Oh no, I've hit the wrong button. There we go, there's the right button. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. I almost forgot the name of the show there for a second. I was just thinking yeah. about avocados and abogados and el gatos, which are cats, avocados, and lawyers. Not in that order. Uh, the person detailing those thoughts to you over audio right now into your ear, avogados, is Chad Michaelinis. <laughs> Over here, whispering into your lawyer cat, Avogados, is Adam Gumbert. I was going to give you a middle name, but I also already did the Avogado thing. Hey, what's up, Adam? Avogados from Mexico. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a commercial. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a commercial? Oh. Yeah. For Avocados. I think it's just the Avocado Company. And oh, they're okay. like, we're going to have okay. a little jingle. And it's Avocados from Mexico. And then it says Avocados on the TV screen. That is okay. what I have seen multiple times on the television. Okay. <laughs> if, you, if you're looking at the television once and it's on and you blink, does that count as seeing it twice on the television? Mm -hmm. Tough. Also joining us is Raph regular Alex Elgato. Hey, you know, I've been thinking about this over the course of the past few minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the upcoming Pokemon that's going to be available in the upcoming Pokemon game Scarlet and Violet is, mm -hmm. of course, uh, Sprigatito, uh, the grass type <laughs> uh, right. kitten Pokemon. What Weird if it cat. evolves into like an avocado themed cat? What if it becomes <gasps> Sprigato Avocado or whatever? Oh, <laughs> Weed Cat becomes Guacamole Cat, Chips and Salsa Cat. It God, actually, it really so works good. out because we were actually researching this before the show. Avocado is part of the stone fruit family, we think, which means that it could become like a grass rock type Pokemon. Holy shit, you're right. Holy shit. Also, spoilers, uh, we had a, a very interesting discussion that we are just now showing you the ass end of, and we are going to put that discussion, it was recorded on the ass end of this podcast, something to look forward to. It's All thrilling. Right. It's so good. It's so good. You're going to be listening to him and be like, I'm very glad I continued to listen to this content. You can catch us right Hell now yeah. live. If you're listening right now, you're like, when and where are you? <laughs> what have I done to get here? And how do I reproduce that series of events to make sure I do it again? Well, on Sunday evenings around 830 ET, you can go to twitch.tv slash idiots. Sorry, it's going to be a good episode. And then if, if you're listening to this and it's not live, and you're like, I, I'm listening to this whenever the fuck I want. How do I do that again, but closer to when they uh, ideally wanted me to? You can go to YouTube and podcast services Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. That's when we usually post these episodes uh, et cetera, et cetera. We've got a bunch coming up today. We're going to talk about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We're going to talk about multiverses. We're going to talk about more avocado stuff. I'm sure it's going to come up again. Probably not any more abogado stuff, which is Spanish for lawyer. And, uh, oh, in the chat, Adam Gumby writes, they on one today. Thank you, Adam. It's like whenever you're a performing artist at a bar or something like that, and you, like, put a dollar bill in the tip jar just to let people know, hey, you should tip. Like, hey, look, there's money in here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people are chatting about those respawning fire guys. All right. Um, but first today, we are going into our main quest, where we are going to talk about the Annapurna Showcase. Annapurna recently released a game about a cat, El Gato en Español. Rhymes with avocado, El Gato, abogado. This is from Rebecca Valentine at IGN, who famously hates Holden and blocked him on Twitter. <laughs> Jesus. 
very true story, by the very way. Very true story. Hilarious. I don't know if she hates him, but he, he is blocked. All right. Here's here's the deal for this. I'm going to read through what was announced. The only, I totally forgot it happened, and the only thing I saw in announcements were the What Remains of Edith Finch, Finch stuff. So I'm going to rely on your two, both of your observations about if I read something and you're like, hey, that's something I would like to mention more about, or you saw something that has a cool art style, et cetera, et cetera. Please tell me to shut up and talk about it. So, first up, from Outer Loop Games, the makers of Falcon Age, that PSVR game that turned standalone game, uh, we've got a new, deeper look at Thirsty Suitors, an upcoming RPG that mixes elements of dating sims, turn-based battles, and skateboarding mechanics. Thirsty Suitors will be released for PC, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox Game Pass. There's a trend you will see much, much more of. Just reading that, I'm already turned on. Thirsty Suitors? It's highlighted. Yeah. Yes. Dating sims, RPGs, skateboards, all the recipe this, for a good time. I don't know. It was shown before. I've seen, uh, I don't remember what, 1,800 summer games showcases there were. But this is one of the things from Annapurna I'm interested in. Um, I don't know how it's turning out, if I can stick with it, but the idea of it and kind of like the style and everything looks really cool. It's just like, oh, yeah. Um, it reminds me it's like Scott Program, but in a different setting kind of an idea oh, that's what it. that's what i'm that's what i'm reading from it but alex you also have highlighted the word thirsty suitors do you have anything to say about it <laughs> i think this was a real solid ass second look at this game i think it looks surprisingly solid who knows if i'll ever play it but it gets the uh cozy patented seal of approval looks dope I, I i also highlighted it but it's because I wanted to emphasize that it's not like the Scott Pilgrim game, I think, is is not what you were intending. No, no. Which is, no, you know, Scott Pilgrim, the movie with Michael Cera specifically. Right. Got that's it, exactly got it, got what it, it's it, like. It, it. Perfect. Yeah. Not not a comic book. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. Hindsight is a story-focused game going through a woman's life from birth to present day. Honestly, story-focused, that's their bread and butter over at Annapurna. So this one's got me feeling randy. Uh, from birth to present day, where physical objects can become literal windows into the past. Out August 4th for iOS, Nintendo Switch, and PC via Steam. Thank the Lord that is next week, and it gives me something else to play on my iPad. Perf. Boom. There you go. I'm going to look up screenshots for it real quick. Did this do anything for y'all? No. No. Hindsight Here's game. The, I'll go ahead and say it Wait now, a minute, right? wait a minute. There's a woman with four eyes and a, and a sword on the... Th oh, no. This is a game called Hindsight 2020. It's a different different game. Different game. Come Sorry. on, man. Get it together. <laughs> uh, Annapurna. I'll go ahead and say it this at the top. This is... First of all, this is a Devolver Digital household, right? If we're going to play <laughs> mm -hmm. silly indie games, I want to play Devolver Digital. Annapurna is 50-50, where it's like, oh, it's either I like it, it's cool, or it's like, oh, we're so artsy, look how cool and artsy we are, and I'm like, your game is trash, please stop. It's like watching an A24 movie, mm -hmm. where it's like, this is going to be good or trash, and Devolver Digital is Adult Swim, where it's like, you're going to be silly and wild. Some of it won't hit, gotcha. but most of it is pretty fun. Yeah, sometimes I it's I like the, the A24 comparison is good because sometimes you walk in and it's like it's like a hereditary and you're just like blown away. This is incredible. Tony Collette. Wow. And then sometimes you walk in and it's the movie X that came out that looked like it was going to be a cool horror movie. Turns out it's just an excuse to watch a bunch of old people have sex in really gross ways. Not a good <laughs> Jesus. Movie. Yeah. Don't watch that movie. It's so uncomfortable. But don't swim. You'll either get Rick and Morty or you'll get too many cooks. You're always having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> there's a new I project be honest, oh sorry go out uh, i just want to say very quickly uh, i feel like hindsight could benefit from an art style that didn't feel very me too-ish 
looking over it, I'm like, I feel yeah. like I've seen a lot of games that look like this, uh, especially at like little like indie fairs uh, living here in Montreal. And, you know, ultimately, if that was their, you know, creative intention with this game, I can't begrudge them for that. But yeah, I just I, I couldn't get jazz looking at this one. Yeah, it's got that really f like very flat. Uh, 3D art style, no shadows on it, very like polygonal kind of looking textures and stuff like that. So it definitely looks like your typical indie game on a budget game, almost. But hopefully it's good. I'm gonna, I'll play it unless it's forty five thousand dollars, and then I won't play it. Oh, well, that's on. too much. That is too much for this game. So I'd pay double that for the Last of Us Part One remake. Five hundred dollars for Last of Us. <laughs> A new project from the creators of Kentucky Route Zero. The studio is now working on a brand new project, though we didn't see a trailer. We did get a look at the team working on modeling a dog. Sold. Dogs in it. Good. And the team gave a handful of descriptions of the project, including that it's the first project where Cardboard Computer is, quote, really focusing on performance as a core part of the piece, and that it has a different tempo from Kentucky Route Zero. <clears throat> All right, hear me on this. Yes. They say that it's got a different tempo from Kentucky Route Zero. What's a video game franchise that has a very different tempo from Kentucky Route Zero? Katana Call Zero. of Duty. Oh. Nope, Call of Duty. Uh, they say that they're really focusing on performance as a core part of the piece. You know, what game does performance really matter where you really want those FPS values really juiced up? Call of Duty. Finally, we got to see them looking... Uh, working on modeling a dog. Mm -hmm. When was the last time people got really excited when a trailer showed a dog being modeled in it? A Call of Duty game. I don't remember which one it was, but Ghost. one of the Call of Duties in there, Ghost, that's it. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, I <clears throat> yeah. don't know about this Call of Duty Ghost game, but holy shit, there's a dog in this one. Guys, I think the evidence is right in front of us. Holy shit. The next Call of Duty takes place in Kentucky. Yeah, there you Whoa. go. Whoa, shit. Just like Kingsman. Uh, Just <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about all that, but Kentucky Route Zero, very good game, spoken very highly of. So I'm excited to see what these guys do next. Yeah, this is one of the A24 movies that are good, unlike the 17 others I can name that are trash. <laughs> this game, whatever it ends up being, it just needs to be better than Call of Duty Ghost, and I will probably play it. That's not hard. <clears throat> no joke. I actually bought Call of Duty Ghost secondhand. I had every intention of seeing it to the end, despite it not being very good, and it straight up I straight up encountered a game-breaking bug halfway through <gasps> that I couldn't get past. Oh, nice. balls. Or as I like to say, avocados. Avocados. Bounty Star, Avocado. the morose tale of Graveyard Clem appears to be an Old West-styled shooter where the main character is a woman who pilots a cool mech. There's a test of to see whether you're a misogynist. When I said Graveyard Clem, did you think of a man or a woman? Huh? <laughs> huh? The doctor's a woman. That's the twist at the end of the joke. Women can have sons, too. <clears throat> a woman who pilots a cool mech, almost Titanfall-esque, and it's all set to music by Brothers Edge. Bounty Star will be out sometime next year for PlayStation, PC, via Steam, and Xbox Game Pass. Besides the misogyny, this looks really cool. Uh, I do. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, yeah, Old West. It's literally just like, hey, Wild West, but you have a mech. All right, all right cool. Yeah. Hmm. It's an interesting premise. Dope. Hopefully that's a good one. And not like that A24 movie Men, where it's just a bunch of really fucked up 
broken men coming out of vaginas that sprout on each other's bodies and slithering across the floor until another one comes out of a vagina on their body. Spoilers for the men. men. Yeah. That really what happens in that, that movie? Is, that is exactly how the movie ends. And then the last man comes out of a vagina on another man's body that sprouts out of nowhere. The he same hobbles man. himself. Well, same actor. The same man births himself and then it, like three or four times. And then the final one is her ex who comes out of the other man and they sit on the couch together. Weird fucking movie. Not a good Indie one. Indie movies, Alex. Indie <clears throat> movies. Yes. Okay. Outer okay. Wilds is getting a 60 frames per second update for Xbox Series X and S and PS5. The update is free and lands on September 15th. People love Outer Wilds. Not me. They not not Outer Worlds, although people love Outer Worlds as well. But yeah, Outer Wilds was definitely not my cup of tea either. So, but good for people who love it. 60 FPS is always fun, but yeah, I will never play this game again. I'm good. Part of what I heard about this game is that it's one of those that like the experience of discovering it and being surprised by it, like that is the game. So it, it almost leads mm -hmm. me to say like, are people going to play this again with the new update? Is it is it one of those replayable games or is everything spoiled for you up front? Who knows? Maybe the DLC. If you hadn't played the DLC yet and you liked the original uh, game, maybe playing DLC. the DLC in 60 FPS would be cool. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, here comes some of the, the, the news that I had heard uh, via Twitter. A montage including The Pathless, Maquette, and Solar Ash played that revealed some new platform releases for all three games. The Pathless is headed to Xbox and Switch this winter. I didn't realize it wasn't already on those, but swell. Pretty cool game. Maquette will be on Game Pass and Switch also this winter. And Solar Ash is headed to Steam and Game Pass on December 6th. I did not care much for Maquette at all when I played it on PS5. Maybe some other PS people game? will. Was that a free I, PS5? I want to say that yes, what? Oh, it maybe was. I feel like it was. That's one with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard as a narrator? Yeah. Yeah, that it was It was not a PS Plus game, but it was like really cheap or something like that. Or it was only like, my friend Audrey told me it's like a two-hour platinum trophy, and I was like, fuck yeah. And then I never played it. But what, Was it maybe a PS Plus game, like not at release, but like a few months afterwards? Oh, maybe. I think it was one of those situations. In any case, yeah, did not love that game. Hope that You're other right. people yep. find some enjoyment in it, but I did not love it. Uh, I was wrong on all counts. It is a PS5 launch PS Plus game. Came out in March on PS oh, Plus. Oh, there we go. Um, Claimed it never played it. Yep, same. Yeah. Pathless, uh, though, there, there is are a better, pretty dope game. Better puzzle games on there. Pathless yeah. controls Pathless really well. I played it on fun. iOS because it was part of Apple Arcade. And I was like, again, trying to find something to play on my device. Uh, it controls really cool, but it's a puzzle game and I don't like puzzles. So I played it for about an hour and said, no thanks. But cool game. Mm. Um, what remains of Edith Finch? That's a good game. That's a kick-ass game. It's getting a 4K 60fps upgrade for Xbox Series X and S and PS5. The upgrade is free, asterisk, and surprise, it's out now. The asterisk is, if you got it for free as part of PlayStation Plus, the upgrade is not free. Hmm. Shocker. Hmm. Yep. And then finally, the show concluded with the reveal of a game from Great Ape Games called The Lost Wild. The Lost Wild appears to be some sort of survival horror game featuring dino DNA. We get a look from a at a first-person view of a dense jungle full of dinos and a scared player character consulting a compass. Y'all talk about Lost Wild while I get this dope piece of shit that I just got. Hold on. Okay. 
Cool. Oh, did you see this? It looked it looked really neat. Um, I was like, oh shit, literally a survival game where you're in Jurassic Park by yourself. Um, very cool to me. I think it's a good way to end the show. I mean, you know, it, it, games like these will you know always remain in the shadow of that one dinosaur game that has Vin Diesel in it. But you know, <laughs> you gotta give credit where credits due. By the way, great piece of art, Chad. Thank you, thank you. This is uh, one of those displate metal posters. It was a limited edition one. And it's got like this cool fancy like texture to it and shit like that too. I don't know if you can tell from the light going across it. Yeah, and it has it. like you like if you shine a black light on it, then it has some kind of effect. I don't have a black light in my house, but Yeah, who does that but weirdos, right? Magnetic. Just chuck it at the wall and it sticks up there with magnets. It's fancy. I love it. Very I cool. will say I am um I'm rewatching the trailer right now for The Lost Wild. All jokes aside, there is kind of a lack of games out there. Obviously, there are no shortage of games that feature dinosaurs, but there is kind of a lack of games that specifically feature the Jurassic Park premise of it's modern day and we figured out how to bring dinosaurs back. And now, uh-oh, SpaghettiO, the dinosaurs are on the loose. I feel like most other dinosaur games are like Turok, where it's in like a fantasy world or mm -hmm. on another planet. I don't feel like there are enough games that are like, hey, it's modern time. You got to make do with what we have in the 21st century to kill them dinos especially not survival i think that's horror, pretty cool because yeah. all those yeah. other games with dinosaurs are like shoot shoot 800 raptors and this right. one is like the t-rex is gonna get you and you can't fight it which i right. think, is cool. which, I think which i've mentioned cool. this on the the show before but one of the one of the scary outside of playing resident evil 7 entirely in vr one of the scariest vr experiences i've had is in robinson the journey and there's mm. a there's a part in it where you have to stealthily there's velociraptors in this wreckage and you have to like stealthily make your way around past them to get to whatever you're trying to get to. Oh, that's scary as shit. feels right out of Jurassic Park. Hmm. Yeah, spooky times. Um, overall, again, I'm not a super huge Annapurna fan. It's, it's not, a, not, a, not, not that I'm not a fan. It's a very 50-50. either. like, I'm into it or like, this is too artsy. You're trying too hard. Uh, but I thought the show was pretty good. Um, watching all the trailers afterwards. Good announcements. Some good shows or uh, good games shown. I think it's pretty cool. Good times. Yeah, this is great. I, I'd say this is up there with like your average PlayStation. What do they call those now? Not PlayStation. State of Play. State of Plays or like a yeah, one like a Nintendo Direct. I'd say this is kind of right up there with one of those in terms of caliber of announcements and excite factor. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's our main quest. We're going to move on now to a segment called Playtime, where we're talking about what we played this week. Now, hold on. There's there's a particular order that I want to do this in because I want I want our talk about multiverses to go into the multiverses thing. Okay. So, so here's what I'm going to do. I did not play multiverses because I forgot it was out, and I'm an idiot. So I'll go first, <clears throat> and then... Both of you just played Metal Wolf Chaos XD and Multiverses, so we'll just we'll transition to y'all as we talk about Multiverses. Sounds good, um, y'all. I finished ish asterisk Death Loop this week. Mm -hmm. I Ooh. got to uh, the final run, figured out the whole thing about spoilers and the girl. I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah, I got through it, and then I was like, all right, final run, kill all the visionaries in one run. Got to the very end. Spent about an hour sneaky sneaking my way through that little party. And then I'm like, I got to pee before I engage some more of these people. Boop. Oh, no. Go pee. Come back. Boop. Doesn't unpause. Boop. Doesn't unpause. 
Hit the circle. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. Nothing's responsive. PlayStation button. Go back to the main screen. Come back. Boop. Nothing happens. Yes, Alex. That was my exact face. Yes. <laughs> Terrible. Play was like, and I was like, I'm, I'm not about to go sneaky sneak all the way back through this. So I was like, all right. I feel like I played enough to get to the end of the game that I, I deserve to watch the end on YouTube. And then I forgot to watch the end on YouTube. So I didn't. I don't know how it ends. But I will watch the end on YouTube now that I'm talking about it again because I forgot about it. So Deathloop, great game. Had a Bethesda buggy moment at the end, but uh, but uh, be impressed by it. Liked it a lot. No joke. I experienced like uh, uh, not a bug, but something almost identical to what you experienced. Where light spoilers for the end of this game. You get into that one room with that one person, and you got to make a choice in terms of what you want to do or not want to do in there, and. I somehow screwed it up, and so I had to restart the day from the beginning again to get a proper mm. ending because um, I was, like, stuck in that room or something like that. Uh, what's funny is that to get the Platinum Trophy for the game, you end up having to replay through that final day, like, a dozen more times and get, like, um, nope. really freaking good at, <laughs> at killing all those people. There's a trophy where you have to kill the three visionaries at the last party without anybody else being alerted to your presence. How? Hmm. What? No. Get out of here. Zero out of ten. You, it's actually not as difficult as you would uh, think it to be, but it does require a little bit of practice. You, you got to use that one ability that kills like a whole bunch of people that are linked together at the same time. Oh, Nexus. Because ah. the idea is that you can kill as many people as you need to, so long as, A, you make sure that you kill the three main targets, and B, nobody is ever alerted to you being there. Gotcha. So okay. you, you got to get crafty with that stuff. I never used any of the powers except for invisibility. So I, oh. I, I forgot Nexus was a thing. So Invisibility. Yeah. I was sneaky sneak McGillicuddy in that game, and I was good at it. I sneaked around by blinking everywhere. They're like, hey, there's a noise. No, I am 20 feet away immediately <laughs> on a roof. You didn't see me. Oh, that would have been helpful. Uh, played more Destiny. Solstice is here. Yay. Shiny armor. Woohoo! Yummy. Uh, played some more Final Fantasy One Pixel Remaster on my iPhone today mm -hmm. while I was on the T Red Mill. And then By I the played way, Chad. Yeah. Yes, I hate you again. Everyone knows we have. I don't actually hate you. Okay. Uh, don't hurt yourself or don't be like shocked. <laughs> uh, everyone knows we have a doc where we just put the initials of the game so that people uh -huh, don't notice. Uh -huh. The final it's Final Fantasy One Pixel Remaster, but you put an O uh -huh. instead of the numerical one. Uh huh. Not a had fan to throw of that. Off. This, I had to throw you off course. I was going to say, these abbreviations are already confusing enough. <laughs> and so when you get the abbreviation wrong, it's like, what the hell did you play? FFLOPR? I got to keep you guessing because it's always the same shit for me every single week. It's variations on Destiny and Deathloop, and that's it. Well, when so, there's a D, I definitely know what it is, yes. you know. But, uh, and there was that one week when I played Diablo Immortal as well. So I put D. D-I, but I did like I capital, so it looked like D1 maybe. And then I did D-I-I, D2 for Destiny 2. And so I was mm -hmm. like, oh, what are all these Ds? Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of Ds. Uh, real quick, how is Final Fantasy number one? Honestly, uh, it's, uh, it's a JRPG. <laughs> I mean, it's a good JRPG. Okay. And it's exactly what you would expect from a Final Fantasy RPG. The The only thing that surprised me, I told Adam about this a few weeks ago, the only thing that surprised me was that this was on, on very obviously their first attempt at this, and it was a straight ripoff of Dungeons & Dragons from, like, mm. eventually Final Fantasy became their own thing, and they're like, hey, we have... We have you mean Dragon Quest, right? Um, no. 
No, he was saying like the systems are specifically dungeon like yes. the way that magic oh, works it. in Dungeons okay, and Dragons is exactly yes. how the magic works. That's really what I'm referencing. Like it's not it's yeah. not like there weren't there are not summons. There's no like MP. Right, got have. it, got you it. You have spell slots. You can use a total number of each spell slot each time. You have to memorize certain spells to those spell slots. And it's like, oh shit, this is Dungeons and Dragons as fuck. And then eventually they're like, hey, let's make Final Fantasy its own thing and experiment with magic differently every single time. How about mana and summoning Gaia? <laughs> right? And then what if we had spells as playing cards and you have to find them in rocks? I was like, well, that's the shittiest system. That's why no one plays Final Type Fantasy VIII. Or whatever? No, it's Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, eight. Uh, and then Metal Wolf Chaos XD I played for uh, approximately one hour and uh, said, we'll talk about this later. Because that's our barf game for the month. That's back to so much trouble. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Uh, we'll talk about it more on a barf episode. But yeah, I, yeah. I did not have a fun time with that hour. And then I died because I ran out of ammo. And I said, there is no way that I'm going back and shooting down this entire building with a pistol again for seven or eight minutes so that I can conserve enough ammo to fight this tank. Um, don't it, don't Chad just cut your thoughts short right here because I have so yes, much that yes. I want to say, but I okay. we're, we're going to accidentally do our barf episode if we get into it right You're here right. right now, and we don't want to accidentally barf in the middle of our podcast. Okay, Never. oh no. So yeah, we'll talk about that later this week. Um, so let's turn it over to you two, who played the same things. Let's uh, we we'll just obligatorily say you played Metal Wolf Chaos XD as well. Mm -hmm. Multiverses, both of you talk about multiverses, starting with Alex. Uh, Multiverses. Uh, I was not originally planning on playing this game, but I downloaded it because Kind of Funny was doing a little community game night on their official Discord server and some other friends that I knew wanted to play it. Uh, this is a pretty fun game. Um, I don't absolutely love it. I think there is that extra little level of TLC that you come to expect out of a Smash Bros game that this game uh, doesn't quite have. I think the menus are a little confusing to navigate. I think that the just overall feel of the characters isn't quite there, but I honestly have been having a lot of fun with it. It's clear that uh, a lot of thought has gone into like coming up with each character's kit and having it kind of reflect that character's, you know, overall attributes and their kind of long-standing history. I've been having a lot of fun playing as Superman, uh, believe it or not, and not just because, like, oh, of course, he's, like, you know, this canonically OP character. Uh, Superman, real slow on the ground, he struts around in the same way that he struts at the beginning of, like, the uh, opening uh, intro for the Justice League cartoon, um, but he has a lot of attacks that take his snail's pace to, like, a Speedy Gonzales pace, uh, <laughs> depending on what moves you use, and I just found him really kind of fun to kind of get into didn't score up a lot of wins because a lot of people have been playing this game for quite a bit and quite uh you know wrapping their heads around the meta uh but uh i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i'm downloading it right now from my phone to my playstation so that i will play it in the next week adam Maybe. cool tell me about it yeah, I had a great time. I've been playing a lot. I leveled up pretty high. Got a lot of characters leveled up high. I will agree that it is it is a different feeling from Smash Brothers where it feels a little heavier, but like 10% heavier. It wouldn't be awful. I think it's a little bit of an adjustment uh, to that. Um, and it is still technically early access, so I forgive them of all any little things. The menus do not make sense, and half the things are grayed out <laughs> because it's still early access. Yeah. But when I get down to playing the game and playing on the stages, and especially the two-on-two, the synergy stuff, I think really, really works. So I was playing 
again, I played I played so much of this game. Like I'm level 13 and my battle pass is already maxed out, and it's been you know four days. Damn. Uh, my son also played on my profile for about eight hours, so that helped. Uh, God, that's <laughs> what I need to do. I need to have a kid so he can level up my battle pass on. Have shit. a child do it for you, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's like so uh, you get like Wonder Woman, right? You know, Amazonian Gal Gadot looks like her a little bit, and you she's got this move where she shields uh, you and her teammate, and you don't get damage from the next hit. So you're like fighting, fighting, fighting. I'm taking care of this person. Someone's coming with a charged up haymaker. Boom! I click that down. We're both protected, and then you wall up on them. Like there's a lot of little synergy stuff with the characters. It's fun, and um, the game's yeah. tutorials really do make a point of underscoring that. And that is definitely a way in which this game really kind of sets itself apart from the likes of Smash Bros. in a really good way. Like, you know, Smash Bros. Melee, the original Smash Bros. have been around for decades now. And yet I scant hear about people being like, hey, we're doing like competitive 2v2 matches. Uh, and this game right out the gate is like really trying to promote that. Yeah. Do they game, control? You... How do you control two people? Are you switching back and forth like Marvel versus Capcom style? No, or teammates. do you have? Yeah, like. Two players versus two players. Two people. Oh, got it. Okay, got it. It's it's yeah, yeah. not one person controlling two characters. So technically, you could just be like, I'm finding my own, but it helps if you work with your teammates. Okay. Because uh, there are characters who are like, their entire move, or like they have entire moves that are just for connecting to another player and helping another player out. Um, but no, I'm having a great time against Superman. Not expecting to like him. Um, Shaggy's great, of course, just throwing those knees all over the place, going Ultra Instinct. I really enjoy basically all the characters. The characters I never thought I was going to like that. I'm like, oh, this character's really cool and interesting. Um, and I mean, we've got stories about it coming up. It's it's pretty interesting and a pretty big deal. I'm just ready for the launch, the official launch. Uh, I believe it's like August 9th, and I think we're going to get Morty that day, seems like. Hell so yeah. I'm ready to, ready to play some Morty and uh, keep going. But yeah, I love it. I'm having a great time. I'm going to keep playing it for sure. It seems like the rest of the world agrees with you, Adam, that it's a hit. Oh. This is from Ryan Leston at IGN. Brand new platform fighter Multiverses is already hitting huge player numbers and nearing the tops of console charts. The new fighting game from Warner Bros. has seen some staggering numbers, reaching a peak of 144,456 concurrent players yesterday on Steam alone. This puts the game ahead of the likes of Warframe and Rust. Multiverses is also proving uh, to be... Chad, was the last one? <laughs> and it's ahead of Destiny 2. Oh. Uh, Multiverses is also proving to be very popular on consoles, with the game creeping into the Xbox most played list. It's also currently sitting at second place on the Series X and S top free games, only usurped by Fall Guys. On PlayStation, a similar story, appearing second on the PS5's most downloaded list, only beaten at the top spot by, quote, that cat game, a.k.a. Stray. Uh, which is free download for PS Plus Extra or Premium subscribers. And a uh, little caveat here about the game, too. Here's another story from Andy Robinson of VGC. Multiverses players unlocked a new stage real fast. The Multiverses players have unlocked a new Rick and Morty-themed stage after completing a community challenge in just a few hours. The Cromulon stage required players to collectively accrue more than 10 million ringouts in the free-to-play brawler, which they managed to do in just three hours after the challenge was announced on social media. Wild. Sounds good. Yeah. Also, a really cool level. You'll like this, Chad. So they don't... I don't think they do it to the level of Smash Brothers, but you know Smash Brothers is very much like... The music is really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, here's all orchestral versions of every franchise in Smash Brothers. So they have an orchestral version of the Rick and Morty theme that plays in the background <gasps> Hell yeah. of the Cromulus change, and it's pretty cool. 
Um, yeah. and it's the just, music, the music across the board is really good for that reason. Good. Does those guys, uh, have you played the, the new Cromulons map, Adam? Yeah. Does over the over does Crumbopulous Michael make an appearance? I think he's in the no. It's just okay. the uh, they don't say anything, but they are. It is the like the stage like that they do Swifty on, and then there's like big speakers. Swifty, and you can knock them down. shit on the uh, floor. <laughs> fall out and pants, shit on the floor. Get Swifty. Yeah, great. Bend uh, over, raise up. And it's posterior. just the big heads. The big heads in the yeah, in show the me sky. what you got heads. Yeah. Show me okay. what you got. Uh, yeah, it's real fun. Like I said, that orchestral version of the Rick and Morty theme is like, oh, that's really fun here in the background. And I saw a little leak because you like one multiverses tweet, and then Twitter's like, here's the algorithm, all multiverses all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was like a, a leak for Rick, and his like taunt is him like when he's singing, like going back and forth with the microphone. Yeah, Swifty. That's his taunt. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty fun. I'll do that. I love it. I love it. Dope. I'm excited to play it. It is on my PlayStation, so when I boot it up to play Destiny, it will be there guilting me. All right. So, speaking of guilt? I don't know. Getting swifty? Uh, speaking of shitting on the floor, reports on GTA 6 from Eddie McCoy at GameSpot. Okay. Uh, you know, That's a it's, transition. It's a hot Trevor dance. definitely shit on the floor in GTA 5. 100%. Yeah, see, there you go. I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. GTA 6 will feature a female playable protagonist. Do you remember like seven years ago when Ubisoft was like, sorry, we can't make a female assassin. It's too hard to do women's bodies. We got to animate a whole new body. We can't do it. We can't. How do we, oh, what? We only bought the man mesh off of the internet. Um, <laughs> anyway, GTA 6 will feature a female playable protagonist and takes place in, around, in and around Miami, a.k.a. Vice City, according to a new report. Bloomberg reports that a Latina woman will be one of two leading characters in the game, and the story is influenced by the infamous bank robbers Bonnie and Clyde. Interest peaked. The report goes on to say that Rockstar will, quote, continually update GTA 6 over time to add new missions and even entire cities on a regular basis. It added that GTA 6 will have even more interior locations than past GTA games. And finally, developers told Bloomberg that GTA 6 is probably at least two years away, putting its potential release date some point in 2024 at the soonest. This sounds like it's not GTA 6 plus many, many DLCs. This sounds like, to me, Rockstar is figuring out how to merge GTA 5 and GTA Online into one ever-evolving game that they continue to make money off of for 20 years. I don't really understand the difference between GTA 5 and GTA Online or how that would work in the future, but it sounds like that's kind of the direction they went ahead, is GTA 6 is this thing that continually gets updated and added to as often as online does, and they can find a way to get money from you all over again. It's it's like it's not even a video game anymore. It's like a it's like a service. Yeah. They could call it something like a like a a service game or or like I know, a game as a service. Get, Maybe a yeah. living Think about so they can abbreviate it as G-ass. James as service. G-ass. Yeah. Gas. Give me that mm -hmm. gas. <laughs> Obviously, this um, story was all over the internet. I'm surprised that more people didn't uh, latch on to the game story being influenced by Bonnie and Clyde. Like, mm. uh, spoiler alert, uh, things did not end well for Bonnie and Clyde in real life. Are we to expect that the same thing is going to happen to the Latina woman and her partner in this game? We'll find out with the new missions and new cities if you're playing as ghosts, as spooky ghosts. Ooh. Or maybe Ooh, you're playing, playing as ghosts in Chicago. Or maybe you're playing in hell. Oh, man, that'd be fun. What if the new city is the upside down of Miami? 
Oh. Hmm? Imani. <laughs> Imani. <laughs> You're just flipping around. That's what it is. Shut up. <laughs> You're so stupid. I love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it looks like everyone's going to be playing GTA 5 for at least a few more years. Um, but when this comes out, they got big plans. I really do like the idea of new cities. Like, that's what everyone was talking about. Like, wouldn't it be cool if GTA Online just did that? And yeah. they're like, hey, how about six? <laughs> How about we do it in six? Because five is based on a game from the Xbox 360. We can't do that. But this new one, this new one will be able to. Speaking of things that go on forever and get lots of development and GAS, Wakanda Forever, the game. Steve Watts from GameSpot. See that? See the thread that I just pulled there? Our store, our whole podcast is a narrative, and I am crafting it so eloquently. Reporter Jeff Grubb talked about the new game on his daily news show for GameSpot's sister site, Giant Bomb. According to Grubb, it will be an open-world, single-player game, huzzah, and something of an origin story. It takes place after the previous Black Panther has died, spoilers for real life, so players must take on the challenge of becoming the new Black Panther. It's very early in development, so no release window was given. The new game has been codenamed Project Rainier. Is that how you say that? Rainier? Rainier? What's the mountain in Seattle? I think Rainier. Rainier. Got it. And it's coming from EA. Grubb said that this is likely the debut project from a Seattle studio. Oh, see? Founded by former Monolith Productions VP and studio head Kevin Stevens. Under Kevin Stevens, Monolith made the licensed Lord of the Rings games Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and its sequel Shadow of War, which are two generally very well-respected games. By the games. way, I have no clue if that's how Ranier is pronounced for this particular project. That's just how it's pronounced it in is. French. Don't <laughs> take my word on this. Rainier. In the upside down, it would be called Rainar. <laughs> I was going to do that joke, Chad, but I decided not to uh, because of the way you acted to my oh, last one. Oh, got it. Okay. So, <laughs> so just make it known to everyone that I swoop, swoop for the lower hanging fruit and you're too good for it. Like a stone fruit. Like, a, like avocados. Ooh. Like an avocado. Like a spring at uh, <laughs> avocado. The grass rock evolution. Uh, um, does this excite I you? I got a pitch. Uh, oh, ooh, it yeah, sort pitch of excites me. me. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I got a pitch on what this game could be. So yeah. like in, in the days since uh, the news about this game existing came out, I feel like we've seen two different lines of thought on the internet as to what this could be. Um, line number one is that you play as T'Challa uh, from... Mm -hmm. Uh, the Marvel Comics continuity and from the MCU movies shortly after the death of his father, uh, T'Chaka. Uh, line of thinking number two is that you basically play as like a blank character, a custom build a character who uh, takes on the role of Black Panther after T'Challa or T'Chaka died. Um, I think, however, that there is potential in this being a Black Panther game in which you play as T'Chaka, T'Challa's father, after his own father dies, circa the 1940s, 1950s era. Um, many years ago, back when Black Panther wasn't like a super relevant Marvel Comics character, um, Christopher Priest uh, basically brought Black Panther as a character to kind of like really kind of stardom within the Marvel Comics continuity, kind of completely kind of refined uh, his character for the 90s. And I would say is like largely re the man responsible for him even being part of like the kind of modern day MCU and other uh, modern authors like Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, taking him up. Uh, and there's a moment in that run 
where Captain America in the middle of World War II goes to Wakanda and basically has a confrontation with young T'Chaka, who at the time is uh, the King of Wakanda and the Black Panther. Um, and I think that there's a kind of real potential in basically having a Black Panther game set during that era, because you can have the Black Panther interacting with all of the kind of Marvel heroes that are contemporary to that era, contemporary to Captain America. Uh, but at the same time, the thing about uh, Wakanda is that yeah, canonically, it's a nation that has always been a little bit ahead of the rest of the world. It's always had futuristic advanced technology that has put every other nation in the world to shame which means that you can still have all of the cool little like scientific -y stuff that you've come to expect from being in wakanda you can still have airships you can still have all sorts of high-tech transportation systems a kind of rudimentary form of the internet even uh despite it being set in the past that seems dope like that. i'm into that and i would love a whole host of like costumes inspired by that era too I think that would be freaking awesome. Oh, like 50s, 60s inspired costumes? Uh -huh. Yeah, that'd be cool. It, it's uh, I, like I fully acknowledge it's a little bit of a long shot, but I think there's potential. I definitely think it's not going to be MCU adjacent, like maybe inspired oh, yeah. just because that's what the Marvel games do, but they're never just like Chadwick Boseman's dead. So the game starts and T'Challa's dead and you're in the new. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to do anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anything. Yeah. His dad taking over would be cool. Um, yeah, any of that cool. I just like the idea of open world game, melee based game by the people who made fucking those awesome middle Middle Earth games. Yeah. Um, and what you know, Black Panther's a really cool character. So any direction they take it, I'd be happy with when we see this game in five years. I am there's a, a little bit of hesitation in me that mm -hmm. we have Spider Man, Spider Man Miles Morales, Spider Man two, Spider Man, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> being made by insomniac we also have wolverine being made by insomniac which i think it's safe to assume given insomniac's history and the spider-man games that it's a single player open world game mm -hmm. with a main character who's acrobatic and punches and and claws things a lot similar to spider-man who's acrobatic and punches and kicks and then having another character in a single player open world game whose main form of fighting is punching and kicking and being acrobatic like i'm like i'm i'm a little worried that it might feel like a reskin of like every every superhero single player game now feels kind of the same just with a different costume on so i i obviously this is still you know it's it's leaked it's a rumor we haven't seen gameplay we don't know much about it at all but like uh, there's a little bit of hesitation in me it's like i don't i don't want us to fall down that route of of everything just being the same combat the same mission structure everything's the same just with a different character in it that's me true being a negative nancy no i mean you're right i mean batman is also as well it's like ba yeah, yeah be... batman i mean honestly it's a lot of comics where it's either i shoot high-tech weapons or i punch people real hard it's difficult because people aren't allowed to kill people in video games so it's like you can't just fucking shoot people with guns and cannons and shit unless you're deadpool and yeah that game was okay Maybe, I'm sure they'll have some kind of gimmick that'll make it stand yeah. out. We'll see. Um, so we've got a few more stories here left. Uh, first one being all about how Adam was right in a bad way. Sadly, Adam was 100% right. This comes from Matt Kim at IGN. Development on the upcoming remake of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic has been paused indefinitely. 
after what appears to be a disappointment over the current progress of the RPG. According to Bloomberg, Texas-based studio Aspire's recent internal demo of the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic demo didn't land well as it could have, uh, as well as it could have when it was shown to Lucasfilm and Sony. This has led to Aspire telling employees that the project would be put on pause. And here's the killer: the company would look for quote new contracts and development opportunities. So it's not just like, hey, we're going to put pause and figure out a new direction. It's like, let's find you other things to work on. Additionally, Aspire fired the remake's art director, Brad Prince, and design director, Jason Miner. The latter reportedly said on social media channels that the dismissal was unexpected. While Aspire's future involvement in the project remains unclear, Aspire's parent company, Embracer, announced in May that Sabre Interactive would assist on the project, and some Aspire employees believe Sabre may take over the project completely. Yeah, I'd say at best it's getting completely rebooted from the ground up because Sony and Lucasfilm said, no, thank you. We don't like what we see. Do it different. And so Saber's going to be like, all right, start from the ground up. Or it's just scrapped completely and we're, we're not going to see it ever again. Hmm. Which has me bowing. Well, yeah, Adam, you were right. Well, 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 look at this. I was well, right, the everybody. Turntables. Turn the turntables. Turn the tables and bring out the DJ. Uh, it sucks <laughs> to see... Because um, again, this game is amazing, and I would love a modern version of it. But just from jump, I was like, "Ooh, I don't trust this team to do it." And then apparently, in this report, they're like, "Here's what we have," and they're like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah. no, that is uh, that is not going to work." Which I would rather. Again, it sucks for developers. I don't want anyone to like you know go fall on hard times. But if you know Lucasfilm and Sony are like, "Nah, that's not going to cut it." Again, I hope it's not canceled completely. But yeah, let's. Let's have someone do it good so we don't get a really bad version of an awesome game that is just um, an old game that's hard to play. Uh, so I hope for the best. Um, that's probably going to be a while for this game comes up, but that's fine as long as it's good. And it will no longer be the number seven will surprise you on my list. So uh, <laughs> I guess that's where we at. Hot, hot Al- PS5 updates. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a Joe. question. Alex, yeah. you ever played KOTOR? No, I have not. Oh, man. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're good. It's, it's right. a very good video game. Yeah, I played like 30 they, minutes um, on an iPad and I said, this is too old. Nope. It's old, yeah. If they re-released... Wait, have they already re-released the KOTOR games? Like, not like as like fancy schmancy remakes, yeah, but like just yeah. the original. Uh, have they done it... Have they re-released them on PlayStation 5 or 4? I know they're on Switch and PC. I don't know yeah, where Yeah, that's weird. Can. That's weird. I remembered that 2 is on Switch because there was that news story about how there was like a game-breaking bug oh, yeah. halfway mm-hmm. through. Guess I wonder what? if they all... Aspire. That was all Aspire. Aspire did all yeah. those bad ports. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I do wonder if they'll even ever put those games on PlayStation uh, given that this game supposedly is still imminent. Um, but then again, they re-released the original version of Final Fantasy 7 ahead of Remake, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I... There is a not uh, impossible chance that within the next couple of years, I will actually play through the original version uh, of this game if it gets re-released uh, eventually on PS4 slash 5. Um, but don't a thousand percent count on it, unless maybe it's like a barf game or something, in which case... I'll That's be what I was going to say. We just got to make it a barf game, and then you'll play through every Star Wars game leading up to it. That's true. I mean, yeah, Maybe. Speaking of PlayStation, hot, hot PS5 updates from, from Eddie McCooch at GameSpot. You gotta talk like this if you wanna be in the pictures, kid. Yeah, no extra, extra. A new PlayStation 5 system software beta test is coming soon. I won't read the rest of it like that, I'm sorry. <laughs> that adds some highly requested features and functionality to the system, including 
for all you PC nerds out there who just put your PS5 on your desk with your PC, 1440p support and game lists, which appear to address the PS5's need for folders. Right now, these features are limited to beta testers, and if you're a part of the beta program, check your email. You got an invite. Um, but Sony says, says it plans to launch the update to the global user base later this year. Um, with those caveats out of the way, the PS5 beta update adds 1440p HDMI video output to compatible TVs and monitors if, you're, if the game you're playing supports that resolution. And as for game lists, it's kind of like uh, folders almost. You can now create a game list in your game library, so you can say "dope games," and you can put "God of War" in there, and play and "Last of Us Part 2. and you can put "bad games," and you can put anything Aspire made in that folder, and so you know not to, to touch Ooh, that. I was list. wondering we're gonna go with that one. Yeah. I, I appreciate the Aspire knock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you can put games I can't wait to play, and don't put anything in there because they haven't come out yet. And obviously, you haven't bought anything without the ability to play it yet, right? Right. Yeah. You couldn't put it in a folder. Yeah, but every time every time you buy a game, you play it immediately and finish it. That's how gaming works. That's how that's, that's what we're gamers. That's what we do. Yeah. So nothing would be in that folder. Uh, so game lists can support up to a hundred games, and users can have up to fifteen lists for a total of one thousand five hundred games. And if you buy more games than that, then they go into an unlisted category, I assume. Finally, go yeah. grab Steve sexually. Says Amelia Zollner at IGN. Nearly two years. Actually, this this could be sexually because it wasn't Steve grabbing his meat in the Switch. At the very beginning, yes. Yeah. For the first week, he was holding meat in front of his his penis, and it uh -huh. looked like he was holding his dick. It That's was exactly great. right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Grab Steve's meat and his abogados. <laughs> Nearly two years after Minecraft, Steve joined the DLC roster of Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's been fucking two years. Oh my god. Yeah, mm -hmm. and his female counterpart Alex, uh, both of their amiibos will finally reach store shelves on September 9th. This is wild to me. So picking and choosing, like cherry picking some things here. They've said every fighter in Smash Bros. Ultimate will get an amiibo. Mm -hmm. The fact that it takes so long to create and release yeah. an amiibo is bonkers to me. I could design a toy, and I have a toy printing right now on my 3D printer. Nintendo has when, a lot of 3D printers, I'm sure. <laughs> when I saw this announcement on Twitter, I was reminded of the fact that back when Master Hero Sakurai did his little Smash Directs, usually they would begin with him being like, oh, hey, by the way, um, the amiibo of the character we announced three Directs ago is finally available to play uh, in a month from now. So go check that out. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, so initially, the Amiibo was announced for a spring 2022 release, but they were delayed to later in 2022 due to logistics and production delay. COVID, man, and those and the fucking ship blocking the canal. Yep, that's what it was. Now that Minecraft's Amiibo collection is finally has a release date, Nintendo is nearing the end of its Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Amiibo line. After Steve, the final ones left are Sephiroth. That's going to be an order for me. Pyra and Mithra, Kazuya and Sora, and the final character added to Smash Ultimate. It is still unclear if Sora will receive an amiibo, however. Huh. Hmm. Guess there was no official announcement for Sora? He did it. I mean, granted, this was like four years ago, but he did say every character will get an amiibo. Yeah. But then they also were like, hey, in four years, do people care about amiibos still? Here we are getting Steve <laughs> in September. I have a whole wall of amiibos. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, nineteen yeah. amiibos. I have... And I have five... 
GameStop knockoff Totakus. Totakus. <laughs> for the PlayStation, what? I have one for the Bloodborne Hunter, Atreus, and, oh, yeah, and Kratos, and Aloy, and the little bot that she rides. Yeah, yeah. Those are no longer Hold in production. On. Hold on a second. Look, they I'm are looking very at ugly versions of Amiibo, Amiibo. Like you get it, and you're like, Oof. "This is this is the Chinese knockoff." GameStop of... literally used a 3D printer, and we're like, "Hey, why don't <laughs> exactly. we do our own?" And they put it on like a 0.2 millimeter setting, so it's like a draft version. It, they they remind me of like the first, like the very first run of Amiibo, where like Samus Aran was like tilted over, yeah. and like mm. Donkey mm. Kong had like the piss stand that he the was standing on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were not good. Especially, like, if you can find one with Kratos' face on it, it's like, who the hell is that? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I was making a long face for the audio listeners. He, prob- he probably doesn't say boy. That one probably says young man. Kiddo. License-wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, yeah. that's well, it for our news stories. Yeah. Next up, we've got a segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment. Men from Adam. Yeah! Here we go. Look at, And look at the timing on this one, right? My segment from Adam this month is going to be, well, this week, this episode, oh? is where I do the best games of the month. At the end of the end of the month, I'm like, hey, what are the best games? This list, surprisingly long, I normally go down from top to 80, everything that came out in the month, mm-hmm. or at the very, very end of June, as with the very first game, because it came out the last day of June. Uh, but this pretty interesting month. This is so we can keep track of game of the year stuff for the end of the year. So everyone pay attention to this. I'm keeping notes. I'm not just doing these for fun and deleting them. <laughs> uh, number one, Cuphead Delicious Last Course at a 92 on Metacritic. Best yeah. rated uh, game of the month. Technically came out June 30th, but again, I wouldn't have said it on the last uh, episode. Still haven't played it, but very excited to. Same. Cuphead's a very good game. 92. Think about that in game of the year. 92 yeah. for Cuphead DLC. Next up, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Oh, I was about 89. to say, is there XCOM 3 for real? When did, how XCOM did I miss 3 that? is out. <laughs> it would not be an 89. It would probably be like a 97. But no, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 <laughs> okay. uh, is an 89 for the month. But, you know, uh, not a thing that I care about. Never been a Xenoblade guy, but those uh, those nerds really like that game. And it's good that it came so, out. Like, so impressive that it managed to score that highly. Like yeah. I, I, knowing you know the series past legacy, I expected okay, this will you know be another banger. Wasn't expecting to be this much of a banger. So good on them. Yeah, Eighty nine on Metacritic is hard to come by. Like Metacritic is is stingy <laughs> passing yeah. out the yeah. good uh, the good uh, what do you call them numbers. That's higher That's than any Pokemon are. game that we talked about last week. It is. Yep. It is. That's wild. Uh, Forza Five Hot Wheels DLC at an eighty five. Good. That's number three. Very yes. cool. I love Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels and Legos. Good time. Stray. El Gato. The, that, that cat game, El Gato Avocado Oblongata, is an 84. <laughs> Shut up. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> the cat game, 84. I'm. That's even higher than you were. T- I mean, you weren't putting points on your score, but that's a little higher than you were thinking probably, Alex, right? Yeah, I, I'd say so. I'd say so. I, that I feels... Think... I feel like that's that's pretty appropriate for that game. Yeah, I would if I had to guess, it'd be like low 80s, high 70s, but 84. I'm like, that's respectable. That's it got more love than I assumed that it did. Uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt 3 at an 83. The only reason I put this here is because it had the score. And I remember listening to a podcast and them talking about the first game, like, this is a really cool video game. And they got the third one out already. I ain't never heard of the second one, but I think it's just like a 
retro style shooter thing. I don't know. Oh, it's it's anime titties. Oh, it's an anime titty game. Good oh times. no, sorry. When you Google Azure Gunvolt Three, the second picture that comes up is something called Kohaku and Null newly drawn B two tapestry with anime titties on it. But then mm-hmm. the actual game art is just people who are like, cool, I'm going to take those characters and draw them with anime titties. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> uh, Escape Academy at an 82, which I know people have had fun with. I need to play it because I do like Escape Rooms. Uh, one of my favorite movie franchises, Escape Room 1 and 2. Uh, I have not seen 2 yet. Uh, F1 2022 is an 82. It's a racing game. What? What happened? There was an event sometime mm-hmm. in the last four months that's it's like when everyone pretends that they cared about the world cup the whole time but it's just yeah. around the world and then out of i have never heard anyone give a shit about f1 like chris hemsworth even made an f1 movie and no one saw it chris hemsworth oh, yeah. made it and no one mm-hmm. saw oh, it. yeah and now everyone can't stop talking about f1 it's all over hinge it's all over twitter and everyone's like i've loved f1 my whole life what happened Summertime, people get horny for people watch cornhole in the summertime because there's nothing to watch. So they're just like cornhole, F1, <laughs> women's soccer. I love all of it, you know. Even though that for was those really of you who aren't from the South, England. cornhole is when you toss bean bags into the little holes. Uh, did people not know what cornhole is? Uh, cornhole is also a euphemism for eating buttholes, but oh, um, it's like the avocado thing. Yeah, I exactly. Guess. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, people, there's like a certain group of people who were, who were always into it. Like they'd get up at 6am on a fucking Sunday and watch F1, but it was like one guy out of 30 and yeah. now it's, you know, 15 guys out of 30 love F1, whatever. The video games are right, apparently. And live alive or is it live a live? Live alive. Live alive? Live alive. Live alive, alive at an 82. The, Chad, you were saying you were interested in this. I guess you just never picked it up, but this, you were like, I that art style have, is cool. I have purchased it. It is on my Switch, but I have not turned on my Switch in a thousand years. So, mm-hmm. but now that I'm playing FFOPR, mm-hmm. FFOPR, Final Fantasy uh, One Pixel Remaster, it's got me itching for that again. But so I'm like, well, do, am I going to play that, or do I go back and play Final Fantasy Seven so that I can prepare for Crisis Core? Because I'm probably not going to play Live Alive and then Final Fantasy Seven, the original, and then Crisis Core. That's a lot of JRPGs back to back to back. I think so I, I think Live Live's not super long though. I think that one's you're only right. Like it's like seven hours? stories. It's like short vignettes. Yeah. I think too, which is interesting to me. Long. But yeah, I'm still interested in it. I just got to figure out where I'm going to slot it in. Very cool. And that's everything that's above an eighty for this month. So if we had to pay attention, guys, we're thinking ahead. Game of the year for us. Is there anything that needs to be played? Again, if I cared about Xenoblade or if I had a Switch, maybe it would be necessary, but. That's not a thing for me. Cuphead, I think, is the only thing on here that I absolutely have to play for Game of the Year stuff. Outside of that, it's just like, I'll have fun with that. But, like, Stray was fun, but I don't think that's going to be on the Game of the Year list. Maybe in so, the category, but I don't know. My Xenoblade story is, back in the day, I participated in the Operation Rainfall uh, thing, if you guys remember that. That was no. where Nintendo fans were uh, basically petitioning Nintendo in the year 2011 because 2011 was such a barren year for the Wii that like there was just basically nothing in sight to play. And so people were like, hey, over in Japan, uh, the Wii got these three games. They got Xenoblade Chronicles. They got The Last Story from uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi Studio Mistwalker. Uh, and they got Pandora's Tower, which is like a weird like kind of Castlevania inspired action game from a studio that made like a bunch of One Piece games. And so they petitioned to have Nintendo bring these three games over 
to uh, the West via like a lot of like mailing campaigns and internet stuff. Uh, I participated in those things and I actually followed through. I actually purchased all three games new when they actually came over here. So I could say after the fact, hey, I actually put my money where my mouth was. Of those three games, Xenoblade was the only one I actually played. I played about six hours of it and I'm like, this game is like pretty cool. It actually has like pretty good production values. And like I would say overall was a worth game bringing over here to the West. But this combat isn't really speaking to me. Now, I know that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is like pretty divorced from the stories of 1 and 2, but I'm kind of a completionist. I'm the kind of guy that would really appreciate having played 1 or 2 beforehand to get the most out of the little nods and callbacks to 1 and 2 and 3. So yeah, not sure about that. I'm actually pretty likely to play Live Alive, though, because I've been told that that game is like actually not very long that like each individual segment in which you you know travel to a different time and location that game is like pretty short so yeah i'd say that's that's the only one i'm like guaranteed to check out before the year is over according to how long to beat live alive is 18 hours and 23 minutes on average for the main story 24 hours and 23 minutes for the main story plus extras which like 18 hours like that's you know kind of long compared to maybe a lot of the other games we play on a daily basis but for like an old school jrpg is like very reasonable yeah um side note little caveat here you were talking about operation rainfall rainfall yeah if you do a google image search for operation rainfall you see very quickly a movie poster for occupation rainfall bring the rain Hmm. which came out last year, has Ken Jeong in the back of the poster from mm-hmm. from uh, Community and Hangover fame. So uh, I'm interested in this movie now. So thank you, Alex, for bringing that into my life. <laughs> no and I always remember when you talk about Operation Rainfall. Well, first of all, when you were playing Xenoblade Chronicles 1, I was going to say he's really feeling it, but apparently you weren't really feeling it because <laughs> that is a classic Shulk line from Super Smash Brothers. Um but I remember that being, so I was, I don't know if I was working at GameStop or this was after I quit, but I remember that being a big deal where it's like, if you want the physical version of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 on Wii, you have to go to GameStop to get it. I remember it being exclusive to like GameStop and like Nintendo World Stores. Um, mm. And then that game being like very expensive if you didn't buy it in like that first month. Like all yeah. the used copies were like fucking 80 bucks or something when games were like 60 bucks. Um, so yeah, I remember all that. Yeah, I think for Game of the Year, I'm going to uh, definitely play Cuphead DLC, Delicious Last Course. I'll probably, I still want to play Stray, especially knowing how short it is. I, I want to play Stray, and I'll probably get to live live, 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 live before the end of live the year, life. too. And who knows? Maybe the wave will hit me, too, and I'll become an F1 fan, and I'll play F1 22. So. Game of the Year. Game Responding of the Year, Cody. Fire, F1 2022. <laughs> That'd be great. That's it for my segment, though. All right. That brings us to Game on Game Show. The Game on Our Gaming Show. We play a game called Game on the Gaming Show on Our Game Show. Game, 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 game. I, you're right. I flipped it that time. I said Game Show on Our Gaming Show. No, I said Game on the Gaming Show on Our Game Show. That's what I said. It's wrong. That's flipped. Because Game on is the game show on Our Gaming Show. Whoa, whoa, wait. Is it not Gang Show? We're a Gang Show? Gang, no. gang, gang, gang? We do not promote gang violence. Man. I do. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. We are playing this week, Guess What Happened This Week? Which is a game where we take historically what has happened, significant events in video game history this particular week in time, 
and we I make up little clues about them, and you guess what it is. It could be a person, a system, a per. Uh, I already said person. It could be a game. It could be <laughs> all sorts of things, video game related. So I have five of them. There are two of you here, which is great because now it's a competition. Uh, <laughs> gang, gang, gang in the chat. Whoa, who wrote that? Oh, it was Adam Gumby wrote that in the chat. Um, oh, cool guy. So we've got five here. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read the whole clue, and then I'm going to say, and then I'm going to say go. When I say go, I want you to do something visually to show me that you think you have an answer because this is going to be a competition now. All right, Adam's going to flip us off. Alex, what is your visual clue that you have an answer? All right, you're going to make a little heart sign. Perfect. Heart or butt. It depends on how you look at it. Um, well, you know. So here's what we're going to do. So I, I, I say the name. I say the date. So the first one, spoilers, is today, July 31st. I'll give you the year, and I'll read the clue. As soon as the clue is done, I will say go, and then you do your thing. You have one guess. Yeah. If you guess it wrong, you don't get to guess a second game. The other person gets a chance to steal it. Here we go. Five things. July 31st, 1981. Oh, boy. The birth of video games' most recognizable icon, Smash Bros.'s most OP item, and the origin of the sex euphemism, quote, bend them over a barrel and show them the 50 states. Go. Oof. Like, Lots I don't... of squished faces going on. Like, oh. Yeah, those clues oh, are... Really the birth of video games' most recognizable icon is the first part of the clue. I've already said go, yep. so if you, if you get it while I'm talking, do your little symbol. And then think about the date. This is July 31st, 1981. It also is the birth of Smash Bros.'s most OP item. That's the item thing is what's getting me confused. And then, of course, this one's just thrown in for fun. Bend them over a barrel. Alex, I see a little butt. So is it the release uh, of Donkey Kong, the arcade game in North America? It is the because... release of Donkey Kong. Donkey, I don't know if it's America specifically, um, but it just says Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Arcade Cabinet. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Congratulations. I, so the, the whole bit about the most OP uh, item in Smash Bros. tripped me up, too. But then I remembered... In that game, Mario is able to wield hammers. In fact, that's the game that, you know, the hammers from Smash Bros. come from. They function exactly the way they do there that they do in Smash. So there we go. Mm. Yeah, I was stuck on it being a Pac-Man reference. I'm like, what Pac-Man item is there? Ah. But I didn't. Yeah, that's what it was. And, of course, you jump over barrels, and I just really wanted an excuse to use the line from Horrible Bosses, bend them over a barrel and throw the 50 states. Yeah. All Fun right. fact, uh, real quick, uh, 1981, also the same year that Wolfenstein debuts back Ooh. before it was like before it was 3D when it was like all top down in 2D. Wolfenstein. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Hello, my name is Wolfenstein. Um, next up, August 2nd, 1992. Oh, boy. Here's your clue. This was probably the sorry. <clears throat> let me let me back up. This was probably the first time someone was allowed to tell you to finish him or finish her in public. Go. Adam. Mortal Kombat, baby. Mortal Kombat. Yes, it is. And specifically, it is mm. the arcade cabinet because it wasn't mm. in public. So, uh, I, I waited a second too late to wonder if, like, is it possible that Chad is, like, talking about the release of Mortal Kombat 2 or Mortal Kombat 3? Shouldn't have overthought it. 
Shin I almost was going to say Mortal Kombat 2, but I'm like, I'm just going to say one just to be sick. Because that was the one that blew yeah. up was two. But yeah. I'm just like, let's just say one. Yeah. August 3rd. So right now we're tied, right? Yes, we're tied. One and one. Sure. August 3rd, 1970. Ooh. Oh, I wasn't what? even alive. Video games? Did they exist back then? <clears throat> Here's your clue. Today you'd recognize him by his propensity to play fighting games against himself with two controllers at once. Or by his Fire Emblem fetish. But on this day in 1970, you'd probably recognize him as the baby who's crowning his way out of his mom. I'm going to say go, but Alex already had his butt up. Ba Alex. Is it the birth date of Masahiro Sakurai? It is the birth of Masahiro Sakurai. That's right. Designer and director for Kirby series, Smash Bros, and Kid Icarus Uprising. Mm -hmm. Congratulations and happy birthday this week. All right. August 5th, 1995. This one. The clue is a song. <laughs> Great. I don't know if I can sing it. You can sing it. I don't. It's it's not as funny, but I've been do singing it. it. Do I it. sang it for do like an entire it. hour before the podcast just to make sure that I remembered the melody. <laughs> okay. God. Okay. Keep a straight face. <clears throat> Jesus loves the little children, the crying children on his back. Red and yellow, black and white, any color Jesus that you like. Only difference is that Jesus is a dinosaur this time. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Song. That, that certainly was a clue. Uh-huh. Uh so Jesus is the dinosaur this time. <clears throat> now that you have that context, the beginning of it might be a better clue for you. 1995. Yeah. Jesus loves the little children, the crying children on his back. Red and yellow, black and white, any color Jesus that you like. Only difference is that Jesus is a dinosaur this time. Is this, is this like the song that would play during the trailer for this game? No, this is a this is a church to play on words song that you would like a little hymn you'd sing. I sang it in preschool because I went to preschool at a Catholic church mm -hmm. because that okay. was the only free place. Um, I have an idea, but it's not a video game, so I don't know. Okay, okay, how that would help? I'll give you a clue. It is mm -hmm. the sequel to a hit Super Nintendo game. Hmm. I'm just gonna say it. I have no idea. Adam. Chrono Trigger. Mm, not Chrono Trigger, no, no. Or is that the first one and Chrono Cross is the second? I don't remember. I don't play those games. Chrono Cross is the second mm, one, yeah. Um, okay. So here, here I'll, I'll emphasize this clue. Jesus is a dinosaur, mm -hmm. and you can play mm -hmm. as a Jesus, a dinosaur, that is red or yellow or black, any color oh. that you like. Damn, I fucked up. I know what it is now. Oh, There's a crying child on his back. And Jesus loves that little child. Alex. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. That is correct. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island in Japan. This got released. Man, I really... Uh, that, that Jesus uh, bit really <laughs> messed us all up. We're like, what? Like, Did you like, not is this like have a, that growing oh. up? No, no. I also had that growing up. Do the minute he starts singing, I'm like, I know the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they have Jesus in, in Canada? In Canada? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, they do. They do, okay. but, you know. It's in, the hymns. In, in Christian tradition here, he actually turned water into maple syrup. 
Okay. <laughs> Maybe it. you guys just don't indoctrinate all your children when they're four years old. Uh, Chad, yeah. originally when you were saying it, I was like, is this some sort of Power Rangers game? Because you started saying all the colors <laughs> oh, of the Power Rangers. Colors of Power and Rangers. the dinosaurs. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Power Rangers. Oh, okay. A, I can see how that right could be misleading. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Continue. All right, final one. So right now we're at, uh, what are we at? 3-1. 3-1. All right, so Adam, you lose no matter what. That's August 6th. I mean, I could, if you want, we can make this one count for four. This is sure? this is for all the money. This one actually counts as 20. This counts for 20. Oh, oh that mattered. Yeah. Wow. August 6th, 1986. Here's your clue. It was a girl the whole time. Go. Adam. Metroid. That is correct. Metroid in Japan. What? Here's a cool new thing. I never knew. I in Japan, Metroid released on the Famicom Disk System, which was Ooh. an additional add-on to the Famicom that added a floppy disk reader and Whoa. also added, I think it was like 16 kilobits of RAM. So it was just like the expansion pack on N64 added more RAM. So yeah, this was a thing that you did this and allowed it to play uh metroid on floppy disks rather than a cartridge which is what the um the u.s got was the cartridge based yeah, one yes. so the, the japan way, one ran better yeah by the way alex i'm not taking a victory from you i'm like the uh, bad guy in a sports movie where after you, you beat me and i was the antagonist the whole time and now i respect you that's what we're doing oh yeah i appreciate yeah. that that being said <laughs> i should have gotten that one that was pretty obvious but i was just so my head was in the clouds when Chad said that. So it's it's because I you know we went straight from singing about Jesus for thirty minutes to then it's a one liner about being a girl. What I'm so taken aback. Yeah, that that was <laughs> you, you really you were really trying to catch us off guard there. In the but chat, I appreciate it. Samus was a girl. <laughs> oh, that's from Adam Gumby. Man, that guy is popping off in the chat. I love it. I love the idea from here on out. Whenever you do this segment in the future, you give like, you'll start with like a really obtuse uh, <laughs> clue slash hint at what the game could be. And then the next one is just like, you play as a plumber? What? <laughs> you he play as a blue bomber? He more obsessed me with the one where bir with birthdays. He says he's done that before as well. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, the voice of Mario. I was like, this is the day he crawled out of his mom's vagina. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. crawled out of his mother. And it's like, I don't... I don't know, Chad. In 1981, a monkey learned how to be a donkey. <laughs> Who could it be? <laughs> Who taught be? him that? How did that knowledge get passed down through the tribe? Must have eaten some avocados. <laughs> That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for episode 269. Nice of Respawn Aim Fire. You have homework because we are bad teachers, just like Cameron Diaz in Bad Teacher. God, what a fun um, movie. That was a fun movie. I actually enjoyed it a lot. <clears throat> your homework is to go to patreon.com slash fire. And your primary thing that you can do there is to vote on our barf games, which is backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends, where we play games in our backlog that we haven't played, that we wish we'd played, that are classics, etc., etc., etc. So we have, again, this month was Metal Wolf Chaos XD, which we'll be talking about later this week, so look for that. And then... Richard! <laughs> time to party i have so many quotes written down from the first oh, 10 minutes of the game it's that I was only like, quotes oh god that game is only quotes um so yeah look for that and then for the month of august we put up a poll you voted adam what are we playing in august 
Uh, so here's what we did. The poll is still up. So if you're oh, not on Patreon, oh. uh, dot com slash responding fire, you can get on there and vote for a dollar. Or if you haven't, you know, voted yet, I put this out on. So it ends on Tuesday or I think like Wednesday, like eight in the morning. Okay. So we'd have time to record our barf about Metal of Chaos and for the audio listeners to be like a last reminder to go vote. Yep. But the entire thing is based on. <laughs> <laughs> Alex's mom's birthday coming up in August. I love it. I, cho- I chose to do games that I was originally going to do games that featured mothers, but there wasn't as, as that many. So I'm just like, what about a game where like women go on adventures? Because being a mother or being a parent is is an adventure. So it's all uh, games where you play as a female protagonist and you go on some kind of adventure. Got it. And yeah. that can include a doctor. Check your biases yes. at the door. The the doctor oh, was the mom. Right. The doctor joke about yeah. the mom. Being yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I gotcha. What are, what are those four games that people can vote on? In, in case someone's like, oh my God, I'm not a patron, but if Blank is on there, I definitely want to go oh, become well, a patron and vote. Good thing I haven't memorized, and I'm not going to Patreon this moment. We have Shadow of the Tomb Raider, okay. Uncharted okay. Lost Legacy, okay. Bionata, okay. and okay. Mirror's Edge. Oh, all right. Four very bangers. Yes. Oh, shit. You're staring down this list and you're not sure what you want to play. I am gunning for Bayonetta because I want to get more out of my Switch, and those games have always looked real fun. Ooh, there's not a safety Switch, huh? mode in the old ones, so be aware if there's jiggle or any skin. Oh, that's right. You can do. That's right. If you're playing yeah. Bayonetta 1 or 2, you cannot turn on those no booby modes. Yeah, sorry. What? Well, well. All right, so go vote, patreon.com slash respawnamefire. Uh, Alex, thank you again for joining us as one of our RAF regulars. Uh, where do people find you and your pizza? Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Alex Cozina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. Uh, I am just, just, just about to start uh, a Nuzlocke run in Pokemon Leaf Green. Uh, I've set it up such that anytime uh, somebody in my Nuzlocke run scores a crit, uh, I have to spin what I am calling the prize wheel of criticality. Uh, and depending on where the wheel should land, I have to uh, submit myself to whatever form of punishment it asks of me. Uh, perhaps I'll be forced to uh, get rid of all the money I've accumulated thus far in the game. Maybe I'll be forced <laughs> to do a hot shot IRL. Maybe I'll do five pushups. Maybe I'll do pen, 10 pushups. You'll have to tune into the stream to find out. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live, K O Z I B E A R L I V E. Every Monday and Thursday uh, at 8 30 p.m. EST starting August 1st. Dope. That sounds really fun. I, I kind of want to make a wheel for everything in my life now. Spin a wheel and figure out what I do today. I go to work. I call out sick. Those are the two options. That's, <laughs> That's all it. You That's do what's on the wheel. Day. Go to work or call out sick. All right, everyone. Until next time, here's our usual sign off. This week lands on call out sick. Damn, the whole week. <laughs> Shit. Okay, so it seems like a coconut is technically a fruit. But it's not like a, it's not like one of them other fruits. It's actually considered a droop, aka a stone fruit, like a Whoa, peach or stone a fruit. apricot. Droop. That was my nickname in high school. Like an avocado, perhaps. Yeah, avocado. I'm pretty sure that's part of it. Why do you think they like avocado? I'm going to to make a wild assumption in that it was probably named by a Spanish-speaking country. Yeah. Avocado is so close to abogado, uh-huh. which is lawyer in Spanish. And is like, it? I don't want to be 
the the lawyer who goes to bat I'm for your about guacamole to do a podcast. Like that sounds no. like a terrible. Why would you put those two words so close to each other? The medulla oblongata is the front part of the brain. Sounds You're like right. avocado. You're right. Medulla oblongata. Persia americana. Oh, it's an American tree. Oh. Of Mexico and Guatemala. Who named avocados? That's what I'm looking up. When the Aztecs discovered the avocado in 500 BC. They named it ahuacatl, which translates to testicle. Yeah. That makes sense. sense. It looks like. Yeah. Mm. That makes so much sense. An avocado is a berry. It's a massive berry. I um interesting. I'm on the um Wikipedia page for stone fruit right now. Mm-hmm. And in Keep the section uh, examples of stone fruit, they have a, a table where one of the columns is in pop culture. And mm-hmm. for half of the examples that they give, one of the bullet points that they list is Stardew Valley. Like it's it's Animal Crossing and it's Stardew Valley that comes up over and over and over again. It's like a little bit weird that that has a monopoly on these things being represented in pop culture. I mean, they're all about their gardening, you know? Yeah. And those testicles, stone fruits. I'm going to start calling my balls my stone fruits. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, careful. Watch out. Call mine the avocados. I got heavy, swollen stone fruits. I know I should go to the doctor, but, you know. If they're swollen, there's definitely a problem. We don't have free health care. This is going to be the end of the episode. This is a special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a special. I guess we are technically recording. We are. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know avocado production is connected to other concerns, including environmental justice, human rights, deforestation, and uh, organized crime? Wow. <laughs> Apparently the the cartels have something to do with the avocado trade. I mean, if they if avocado toast is enough to buy you a house if you just stop eating it, I imagine it's valuable enough for the mob and organized crime. Yeah. Interesting. We're going to talk about um, GTA 6 in, the, in just a bit. Avocados are going to be yeah. a big part of that one. Watch that be like the big heist at the end is yep. they got to go get the avocados. Yep. You gotta, and it's just like a pair of avocados just sitting out God on the counter. Damn. We've hit the jackpot. we got to get them before they're too ripe. All right. Y'all ready? <laughs> yep.